Welcome, welcome, welcome to Another Look Podcast, beloved. Here at Another Look Podcast, we take a deep dive into our faith walk as followers of Christ. We examine our faith closely, we deconstruct and rebuild by the Spirit of God so they see Him through us. Basically, we seek to decrease so that He can increase and be magnified. It's a good day to die to self, y'all. You ready for this? Let's get it. Roger, zero G, and I feel fine. Welcome, beloved, to another look podcast. This is your brother, brother Kenny D, coming to you for the third episode of Faith Over Feelings. Today, we're going to talk about one of the one of the more un. People don't want to talk about this feeling, but it's the feeling of abandonment, and it's a, it's a deep one. It's a deep one, and I'm not going to lie, it's, it's been hard for me to even study for this and prepare, because I had to look at myself and look at some things, and I'm, I'm going to share some things, for sure. I'm about myself, and um, things that I'm not necessarily proud of, but things that I've overcome. Amen. But before I get started, I want to ask you, please do me a favor. First of all, I want to thank you for your commitment and your time spent listening to our podcast um, over two years. So, um, yeah, actually, we had our anniversary at the end of January. Um, two years going strong. We started in 2021 um, and we are now in 2023. And it's exciting. It's been a learning experience, but um, God is good, and I'm still growing, still learning. And um, I'm praying that whatever I share, and you know, <laughs> for sure, with all the craziness you've heard with us trying to do a, a good job recording, you've listened through all the craziness, all the buzzing, all the stuff, and I want to thank you for that. But what I wanted to say was, if you have not done so, please feel free to subscribe to our podcast. We're on all platforms. Um, I won't go through them, but we're on at least 18 different platforms now. And uh, it's just been a blessed journey. Um, I'm grateful. Um, So, again, please subscribe. If you have anything you want to share with us, you can definitely get us at our email at ALP. I'm sorry, ALP, Trinity1 at gmail.com. You can also DM us on our Facebook page or on our Instagram page. And again, I want to thank you for your support. So um, I want to get into this abandonment a little bit. Um, and, and well, I want to get into it fully um, because it's something I will tell you for sure I, I struggle with. I, I, it's not something I struggled with. I struggle with still. And I'll explain why. Um, so let's first by um, get started by talking about what is the definition of abandonment. Um, there's several I found, um, all of which I thought were very pertinent because I can relate to what they're saying. So one of the definitions I found was abandonment is defined as the act of leaving someone or something or of ending or stopping someone or something. So it's the act of leaving someone or something or of ending or stopping something. Um, another definition is the act of giving something or someone up. Wow. Here's another one. 
It's defined as the withdrawal of support or help despite an allegiance or responsibility. And then there's another definition, which is the last one I'll give you. And it's the fear of not being protected or supported. So again, I'm going to give you these definitions again. I want you to think about it because it's really important you understand because I think we all can find ourselves somewhere in one of these four definitions, if not all of them or more than one, but definitely one. So again, the definition, the first one I gave is the act of leaving someone or something or of ending or stopping something. The second one is the act of giving something or someone up. Third one is the withdrawal of support or help despite allegiance or responsibility. And then the last one is the fear of not being protected or supported. And, you know, their abandonment can go into different subcategories. Um, for example, there's physical abandonment and there's emotional abandonment. Um, and abandonment often begins in our childhood. And it's usually manifested in either, again, physical or emotional um, abandonment. So what are some examples of physical abandonment, lack of supervision, very common with children. If you were a latchkey kid, you may have experienced lack of supervision and in some instances felt abandoned, especially when something uh, urgent or emergency came up and you didn't know how to handle it. Imagine the trauma a kid has if there's something like a fire or something that is urgent that happens in the home and they don't have the you know, acuity or the ability to handle it because they're not an adult yet. There's another form of physical abandonment, like physical or sexual abuse. Those are also physical forms of abandonment. And, and honestly, it's also emotional abandonment if they're not um, listened to. If, if your son or your daughter comes to you and tells you that they've been physically molested or sexually abused and you don't respect you don't give them your ear. You don't take their what they said seriously. That's not only are they going through physical trauma, but now they're going through emotional trauma. What's another form of physical abuse? Narcissistic abuse. In other words, a feeling uh, you you have an air of superiority, and and in, in doing that, you try to make someone feel inferior. That's narcissistic abuse, also a form of physical abuse. How's that manifested? This, and, and this is another form. It's one that we can really don't maybe think about, but it is. When we talk about narcissistic abuse, what about colorism? And as a person of African-American descent, that's quite common in our community, where there may be people who feel, you know, I'm better than you because I'm darker, of a darker hue. Um, and then in my time as a kid, there, it was often that we felt less than if we were darker hued, because people who were of lighter hue would make us feel less than. And again, it's not to say one is better than the other. It's just that the fact that if you even use that as a, as a, as a method of making yourself feel superior to someone, that's narcissistic abuse. Malnutrition is another form of abandonment. Physical. If you don't feed, if they're, if they're food insecure... And it's not, and again, it's not that this is different than if you just are impoverished and no one has enough. That's different. 
But if you have the means to take care of your that child or that person and you don't do it, that's physical abandonment. Let's get into some emotional forms of abandonment. Um, inadequate shelter, inadequate housing, inadequate clothing, um, failing to provide children conditions or environment to develop emotionally or in a in a emotional healthy environment how does that happen let's say your kid your kid comes home from school i mean anyone who's an adult knows it's going to school and the things you deal with at school are very difficult sometimes imagine being able to come home and you can't even share those things that you're going through with your parents then you're you you don't have an emotionally you don't excuse me you don't have an emotional healthy environment and so as a result you're kind of being emotionally abandoned because you have no one to look out for your feelings no one to look out for your 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 mental or emotional development neglect that's a form of emotional uh, uh, abandonment and so with all these things saying, let's talk about this, because this usually be, begins to surface in childhood. And when these things start happening in your childhood, they have long-term effects as for children as well as adults. And so how does this affect children if they are abandoned? Well, they feel inadequate. They feel rejected or damaged. And we talked about rejection last episode. You, 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 you kind of develop with a feeling of inadequacy, you don't feel you're enough for anybody. You begin to hide yourself. Here's another effect. You begin to hide yourself from others because you feel inadequate. So you become um, what they call, I guess, um, a recluse. You become, you know, you don't want to be around people because you don't feel um, comfortable with yourself. Here's another effect. You're afraid to make mistakes. You ever run into a child who's afraid to make mistakes? Why? Because they're afraid of being rejected. See how this all ties together? Abandonment and rejection. Children grow up. Here's another effect. Children who are either physically or emotionally abandoned have a fear of success. How does that happen, Brother Ken? Well, if you succeed, then you feel like you're you're, I mean, to succeed means you're adequate. In other words, to if you succeed in something, you it, it's it's a it's a sign that you're adequate. And how can that be when you've been told you're inadequate, or you've been led to believe that you're inadequate? Success scares people who feel insecure or inadequate. Here's here's another effect. They're afraid to show genuine emotions, because if you show genuine emotions, you you'll be re, you'll be neglected, like you were, you know, like we just talked about. So, what is the impact on adults? Adults who were kids, who were emotionally or physically abandoned, begin to become adults who are still dealing with those effects of abandonment. And one of the impacts it has on adults is that we begin to internalize negative messages received when we were children. You begin to internally 
manifest or you begin to internally become what externally was deposited into you or what you experienced. Another effect of adults who experienced abandonment is that they fear losing the love of their loved ones. They fear losing the love of their loved ones. Think about that. You, If you never have a place where you can emotionally develop and you grew up in an unhealthy emotional environment, you will have a fear. And again, remember going back to the first episode of Faith Over Feelings is that all of this feelings and everything we're dealing with is really centered around fear. And so now you have an adult who's gone through abandonment as a child. And now they have this unhealthy fear of anyone who I am in a loving relationship with may eventually uh, withdraw their love from me. Why? Because this other loved one I had that I had allegiance with did the same thing. There's also a fear that their loved ones will leave. So these are kind of tied together. Not only are they fearful of losing the love of their loved ones, but they're also fearful that their loved ones will leave them. Why? Because it was done before. And so there, there, there's a precedence that's set that they believe that because this person who was my parent or my, my grandparent, my uh, teacher, whatever, someone who I held in high regard because they did this to me, it's going to happen again. What other impacts are there on adults? They avoid giving too much in a relationship for fear of being rejected. Here's another impact. This is one that's quite common. People pleasers. Adults who have experienced abandonment in their childhood tend to go over and above to please the crowd. Here's another impact. They're codependent. Adults who have felt abandonment cling to people and are so codependent on people that they literally can choke the relationship because they can't exist without someone taking care of them. Here are two more impacts or two more effects of adults who carry abandonment to their adulthood. They can be controlling. For sure that was me. They could be controlling because if they don't have control over a situation, they're afraid they'll lose everything. Here's another one. Sabotage relationships. Adults who have gone through abandonment in their youth tend to sabotage relationships. In other words, I'll get you before you get me. You all can look at, I mean, let's be honest, people we can find ourselves in several of these look at your life take a good hard look at your life and tell me you haven't done one of these things and you may not know it you may not realize it but it may be grounded in the fact that at some point in your life you felt abandoned whether it be physical emotional and let's be honest there's sometimes and I'll share my story where we may even feel abandoned spiritually and I'll talk about that. So one of the questions, of course, is this. Why is abandonment such a difficult obstacle to overcome? 
because feeling abandoned leaves us with the belief that we are not safe. And everyone, feeling the feeling of safety is a natural, innate feeling that God created in us. And we want to feel safe where we live. We want to feel safe with who we live with. We want to feel safe with who we work with. We want to feel safe where we work, everywhere we go, with everything we do. Everyone wants to feel safe. And when you experience abandonment, that threatens, if not decimates, your feeling of safety. And again, this is something that is innate within us. We all have this desire to feel safe. When that natural desire is not met, we are mentally, physically, emotionally, and sometimes spiritually devastated. It affects everything, our soul, our mind, our body, and even our spirit. And that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I mean, you know, I want you to take a good look. You know, take a few seconds while while I'm speaking and think about have you ever felt unsafe in you know as a child around your parents or unsafe in the household you grew up in? I know I have. And again, it's not to shift blame on my parents. I had some awesome parents. But it doesn't change the fact that parents can't be there 24-7. And in those instances, you go through those things. Now, abandonment is difficult also because it tends to be a projected emotion. Again, abandonment can be a projected emotion. We tend to believe if one person we had allegiance with gave up on us, that someone else will have, we have allegiance with will do the same thing. So again, what is the projected emotion? Well, because Johnny, who I was best friends with, uh, gave up on me and gave up on our friendship, Jimmy over here is going to do the same thing to me. So the, again, this is how adults then begin to what? either control the relationship to the point where it chokes out the relationship or they become codependent on this person or they sabotage the relationship. Because when you're abandoned, it affects your ability to trust. We tend to distrust others we have a relationship with. We establish unhealthy boundaries that God never called us to establish. And this leads to us becoming toxic towards others and ourselves. We poison and taint good relationships, i.e. sabotage relationships, because of abandonment. We respond with knee-jerk reactions when we perceive that someone may possibly abandon us. Because we we live in this, we kind of go through this um, Groundhog Day kind of mentality, where we keep reliving the, the trauma of being abandoned. And again, it's not, and this is important to everyone. I really want you to understand this. This is not about shifting blame to people and saying, okay, well, I'm this way because my mom and dad did this or my uncle did that. Things may have happened that should not have happened, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're bad people. It just means it happened. Now, it may be a one-time thing. It could have been a long-time thing. You know, whatever it may be, you know, our job now is to, number one, let's be honest and acknowledge the problem 
if you feel abandoned, I know I have been through that, acknowledge it. But here's the thing. While you're acknowledging it, don't, don't, don't begin to pitch a tent and build a house on it. Never, ever try to build on something unstable. And like I said the last time, or the previous two episodes, feelings are the most unstable thing upon which you should never build your life. Because feelings go up and they go down, just like the hymns on your pants. You cannot build your life on how you feel because feelings are deceitful. Feelings, even though they have, they have a purpose, and we talked about that, you cannot build your life off of them. You have to build because, again, because we call ourselves believers, followers of Jesus Christ, we must walk by faith and not by sight. We must walk by faith and not by feelings. And it's important we understand and distinguish this very thing. God called us to walk by faith and faith does not always require understanding and faith does not always require you feeling a certain way. Faith and feelings are not the same. And I know in the American church, and I'm sure it's not only in America, We've gotten used to thinking that when we feel goosebumps and cool breeze, this must be God. This is the Holy Ghost. No. Faith doesn't require you to feel a thing. Faith just requires you to believe what God said and stand on it. Unshakable, unmovable, abounding in his promises and trusting that his word will not return to him void, but will accomplish everything he set for it to do. Amen. But let's talk about, you know, are there other examples in the Bible of people who felt abandoned? For sure there are. I mean, I could name a few. David, for sure. Um, Job, Naomi, the mother of Ruth. If you, you can read that in Ruth 3. Um, David, for sure. You know, as I shared last week with uh, all the the wars he had. I mean, if you want to look about David, look at Psalms 13, 1 through 2 and 5 through 6. You know, um, I won't get into it because uh, I want to, for the sake of time, I want to focus on just a few things. But when you have your spare time, read what David wrote in Psalms 13, 1 through 2. And then look at his response at 5 through 6, which is beautiful. It shows the full circle of faith. You also look at Naomi, the mother of Ruth, in Ruth 1.13. Um, you can, but I want to focus on Job and Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus first. Matthew 27.46. So, you know, this is in Matthew 27. We're at the place where Jesus was put on trial. He's been cru- He's on the cross crucified. And, and many of us know this. So starting at uh, t- Matthew 27, verse 45. I'm reading this in the New Living Translation. It says, At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. At about three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lima sapathani, which means, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Mm. So when people tell you that Jesus wasn't touched with the feeling of our infirmities, Jesus felt everything we felt. 
but he didn't sin. So the question some people may have is, okay, well, it wasn't this sinful when he thought God abandoned him? No. Jesus felt abandoned in his last moments on the cross, but he endured that on our behalf so we could overcome it. He took on our past, present, and future um, instances of abandonment. Not that we wouldn't go through it, but that we could overcome it. Because when you think about this, and this is important as believers, it's important we understand this. When Jesus went to the cross, he was a proxy for us. He stood in our place. We deserved to die for our sins. But he said, I'll take their place. But when he took their place, when he took our place, it wasn't that he just said, I'll stand instead. God put all his wrath for all the sin of mankind, past, present, and future on Jesus, on that cross. He bore our sins, our iniquities, our transgressions, our trespasses. He put it all on him and poured out his wrath on him as an atonement not and actually not an atonement for the omission of our sins. And I won't get into the difference between atonement and omissions or remissions. But Jesus took it all so that we wouldn't have to. But understand, reading this in Matthew 27, 46, Jesus felt feelings of abandonment. How about Job? I mean, I won't go through the whole story of what happened to Job. Most of you know it. But let's take a look at Job, and I'm turning there as we speak, so forgive me. Let's look at Job 23, um, verses 8 through 14. So Job 23, verses 8 through 14, and again, I'm reading this in the New Living Translation. I think this is beautiful, though. But um, Job said... So it says, I go east, but he is not there. I go west, but I cannot find him. I do not see him in the north, for he is hidden. I look to the south, but he is concealed. But he knows where I am going. And when he tests me, I will come out as pure as gold. For I have stayed on God's paths. I have followed his ways and not turned aside. I have not departed from his commands, but have treasured his words more than daily food. But once he has made his decision, who can change his mind? Whatever he wants to do, he does. So he will do to me whatever he has planned. He controls my destiny. He controls my destiny. See, Job felt abandoned in his suffering too. But he chose to see the positive outcome above his circumstance. In verse 10. In verse 10, what did he say? He said, but when he knows, but he knows where I am going. And when he tests me, I will come out as pure as gold. Hmm. Going through all that he went through. Being encouraged by everyone from his friends to his wife to curse God and die. 
He chose not to. He chose to trust God and look for the for the good in the middle of craziness. Job also chose to remain obedient while living in difficulty. You see this in verse 11 and 12. For I've stayed on God's paths. I followed his ways and not turned aside. I have not departed from his commands, but I've treasured his words more than daily food. Mm. But he also acknowledged the sovereignty of God in verses 13 and 14. When he said, but once he has made his decision, who can change his mind? Whatever he wants to do, he does. So he will do to me whatever he has planned. He controls my destiny. My Lord. See, that that whole portion of Job is such a roadmap for us on how to endure hardships. How to endure and go through difficult situations. But here's one thing I want to I want to talk uh, I'm, because I'm pushing for time. I want to talk about me, and and I'll tell you what helped me overcome and what helps me to overcome when I go through feelings of abandonment. So in 2007, me and my family moved to South Carolina, um, and we you know we went based on a word from God, but also. We had, you know, I had a job opportunity. Um, what it was promised didn't manifest itself when I got down here. And mind you, I have three kids, who, two, one in middle school, two in elementary school, and a wife who we, our intention was for her to, to not have to work because we were good to go. Money was good. Things were good. Things fell apart, literally, in a matter of four months. And for the first time in my life, I found myself without work. And this was at the beginning of one of the worst economic times in America in 2007. And, and actually, it was January 2008, I believe. It was crazy. And um, I mean, on top of that, I got very ill. And it was just what I mean. We went through a whole lot, 2007, all the way to 2015. We had in between the time we had one year of a break where it was like God was giving us a a, a, a rest. We had sold our house and we had a, a a pretty good windfall and allowed us to be able to breathe a little bit, you know, pay bills, even travel. You know, we didn't go off, but. There were so many things we needed that it gave us a year of being able to breathe. But guess what? Unless you get more money, that money dries out too. <laughs> but God have mercy. There's from 2007 to 2015, that was eight years minus one year. So I'd say about seven years of pure Job. You know, I don't know how I've heard different pundits share or different scholars share how Job's experience was about, you know, eight months, seven, seven, eight months. I went through what Job went through. Well, not all the way. I didn't lose my family, um, not my immediate family, but um, I went through we, we went through seven years of, of a lot of 
hardships, a lot of hardships. And there were times, especially me being the head of the house, where I'd go in our master bathroom and just cry out, God, why have you abandoned me? Why have you left us? Why have you abandoned us? Why have you turned your face away from us? And I was anguished. I was broken. I was desperate. I was crying out. And there'd be times this would go on for hours. And sometimes it'd go on for years. You know, there'd be moments of reprieve. There'd be times I'd feel I'd, I'd have no more tears left. And I felt so alone. My wife tried, my kids tried, my family tried, but I was, I felt like such a failure. Because my whole life, all I've done is provide. But I've learned some things. It was that period, I will tell you, it was a redefining period for me. Um, I went to get mental help because I was going through mental instability to a point where I didn't know who I was. So I got a therapist. Of course, I was at church. Um, but you know, you can't share everything with anyone at church. <laughs> but my therapist was my was my person I could talk to. And, it was, and yes, it was a Christian therapist. Not that it would matter, because as long as the therapist is there, God can use anybody. But anyway, I had a Christian therapist, and um, I had a lot of conversations with him. With him, and it was it was good. It was good because I got to get a lot of things off my chest, a lot of pain off out of my heart. And um, I remember there was a few instances in 2014 when um, I had gotten to a place in my life where I was so to the point of giving up. I mean, giving up life, you know, um, I was so defeated in my mind. I just said, you know, God, I said, um, I give up. I said, I don't know what it is you want from me. I've repented of everything I think I've done, even the things I think I've done wrong to people. I've repented so many times and things still aren't getting better. I said, I don't know what to do. I said, I give up. And I fell asleep. I think I was in the bathroom and I was against the bathtub. <laughs> and I was, you know, in a puddle of tears, literally. And I remember, uh, I think it was maybe four or five o'clock in the morning. My wife was getting up because she was getting the kids ready for school. Um, kids were still asleep. She was downstairs making breakfast for them. And I, I remember feeling this, I don't know if it was the sun beating in or what, but I remember God said, good. And I said, did I hear something? I mean, I didn't hear it audibly in my ear, but I could hear it loudly in my, like in my chest. And I heard again, good. And I said, good. And he said, and I heard faintly, I'm glad you're giving up now. And I said, and I started rebuking the devil because I thought this was the devil. And it wasn't. What God was saying was, I'm glad you're giving up now. It, it, well, first he said, good. 
twice. And the third time he said, good, I'm glad you're giving up. And what I, what, what he shared with me, and I'm going to be brief, I'm not going to go into the details of it, but what he was sharing with me is, I'm glad you're finally giving up control of your life so I can control it. Again, this is one of those impacts and one of those effects of adults who felt abandoned. I was so controlling. Not only over my life, but over my family's life. Because I had this attitude in my mind that you be the captain of your life. When all the time God wanted to be the captain, he didn't need me as a co-pilot. He just wanted me to sit in the back and let him drive. And so he said, good, I'm glad you gave up. Now let me control this. And I sat back and said, wow, I've been missing this for years. Here I am thinking you're banning me. And, and, and over time, what I've come to understand is this. And hear me clearly, please. What God was showing me was that from those period, that period of time, he was always there. He never left or abandoned me. He was just giving me the, the he was allowing the resistance of life to develop my faith while going through. See, this is the thing. It's like weight training. There can be no strength built up in your muscles without resistance. And that's what hardships and difficulties do for us as believers. But this is something that was even more important. And I'm saying this because it, it's really manifesting in what I'm doing right now on this podcast. He said something to me after we came out of, in 2015, things began to break and things were so much better. In 2016, I had another health crisis and I was in the hospital. And I sat there and I said, God, things, were getting, things are getting so much better. And now this. And God said to me, he says, you're going to be fine. He says, but I need to explain this to you. He said, the reason why you went through what you went through and your family, specifically you and your wife went through, what you went through as parents and, and, and as your family is because I needed to know that I could trust you with what the, with the anointing I have now put on your life. In my mind, I said, what? So you got to beat me down to give me something? He says, no, I have to crush out what Satan could hook on to. Because if I anoint you with my, with this anointing and Satan has also place in your life, you will destroy people. Jesus, hear me, people. Sometimes he has to destroy the old wineskin before he can pour new wine in you. And the tearing of the old wineskin hurts, but it has to be so for the new wineskin to be sewn together. And I was getting torn for those years. I was getting torn from being so controlling. I was getting torn from sabotaging relationships. I was getting torn from being codependent. I was getting torn from wanting to please the crowd and please people. I was getting torn from fear of losing the love of my loved ones and getting torn 
from the fear of loved ones leaving. I was getting torn, especially from the internalized messages I received when I was a kid. I was getting torn from all this mess so that he could build me over again. He was making me over, but first he had to tear down what was built up that was not built by him. And once he built it up the way he wanted to, he could then pour in the oil of that new anointing that I today am walking in. Not because of Ken. I am like Paul. I'm the least of those. Not that I'm nothing, but I am the least qualified to be doing anything like this. But God doesn't see me as unqualified. He qualifies me because he called me. And so, I'm telling you, one of the things, and I'm going to say this, and I don't want you to you know, turn from the left or right, but it's also important for you to understand this. Yes, I shared my testimony, but it's also important that you understand that the biggest way, going back to what I talked about with rejection, you come out of this is by your praise and by your prayer. By your praise and by your prayer. And also, third one, by you internalizing God's word. Because his word will change your life. So then the question is, okay, well, what scriptures can I use that will help me come out of this? Because some of you may very well, as I speak, may be struggling with feeling abandoned. Let's start with Psalms 42 verses 9 through let's say 11 I'm reading this again in the New Living Translation and this is David who says oh God my rock I cry why have you forgotten me why must I wander around in grief oppressed by my enemies their taunts break my bones they scoff where is this God of yours why am I discouraged why is my heart so sad I will put my hope in God I will praise him again my Savior and my God See, David was, he's gone through all of that. David just felt forgotten. David felt like he was abandoned. But then he caught himself in first and said, well, hold up, whoa, whoa. why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I'm going to put my hope in God. I'm going to praise him. There's that praiser again. My Savior and my God. What about Deuteronomy 31 and 6? Excuse me, I'll turn it. Deuteronomy 31 and 6 says the following amen it says so be strong and courageous same thing you can see in isaiah 1 8 do so be strong and courageous do not be afraid and do not panic before them for the lord your god will personally go ahead of you he will neither fail you nor abandon you hmm. see look at this see god's telling you look you may not sense me but I'm already ahead of you. I'm going ahead of you. I'm preparing a way for you. Again, this is what he said. He orders the, st- the righteous, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. He's gone before you. He's gone ahead of you, but he won't fail you, nor will he abandon you. He's telling you, look, I got this and I got you. Just because you don't see me doesn't mean I'm not there. I'm just ahead of you. How about Psalms 
9 and 10. And forgive me, I don't have all these written down, but I'm there now. Psalms 9 10. It says this, the Lord, I'm sorry, let's start at verse 9. Psalms 9, 9 through 10. The Lord is a shelter for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you for you, O Lord. Do not abandon those who search for you. See this, these are all promises. This is God's word to you. Let's try uh, Psalms 34, 18. Psalms 34, 18. I'm going to end it with my favorite one. So Psalms 34, 18 says this. Well, let's go to uh, verse 17, start 17, and we'll go through 19. So Psalms 34, 17 through 19 says this. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all, not some, but from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. My God. Okay, let's try Isaiah 41.10. So Isaiah 41.10. Let me get there. And I'm giving you all these scriptures because here's the, 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 the distinguishing thing between us as believers is that everything we do must come back to the Word of God, not to people's opinions, not to people's thoughts, not even to people's beliefs. It comes down to the Word of God. It's the Word of God that will change you from how you feel to what faith says. That's why when I'm reading these scriptures, I'm reading the Word of Faith. Isaiah 41, let's start at verse 9 and go through 10 it says I've called you back from the ends of the earth saying you are my servant for I've chosen you and I will not throw you away do not be afraid for I'm with you don't be discouraged for I'm your God I will strengthen you and help you I will hold you up with my victorious right hand Hmm. last one which is my favorite one is found in Romans the 8th chapter 38 through 39. I would say verbatim, but I'm going to read it because I don't know the New Living Translation. So again, it's uh, ooh, I think this went off Romans 8. Oops, Romans 8, 38 through 39. And it says this. Actually, let's start at verse 35. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We're being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God 
that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. Beloved, listen to me. You may have experienced the feeling of abandonment, but God has not forsaken you, nor he has abandoned you. The fact that you're still here listening to this is God's assurance of telling you Though you may have been neglected, though you may have gone through physical or emotional abandonment, I didn't abandon you. And I'm still here for you. And this is how we overcome, beloved. We overcome by what we say out of our mouth and by what we meditate in our heart. If you meditate in your heart that you've been abandoned and you, you may have gone through that and you it was traumatic, yes, no one's dis- no one's dissuading you from that and it was traumatic but give that trauma to the Lord cast it upon him and then begin to internalize his promises that I just read to you and begin to stand on what he said more than how you feel allow your faith which is found in God's word to overcome to override and to bring down those feelings. Psalms 42, 10 through 11, Deuteronomy 31 through 31, 6, Psalms 9, 10, Romans 8, 37 through 39, Isaiah 41, 10, Psalms 34, 18, even Matthew 28, 20. Begin to stand on those words and I'll even throw in Psalms 13, 1 through 6. God is a God who loves us, has never forsaken us, has never abandoned us. Jesus took on our pain of abandonment. Jesus took on the trauma of abandonment so that you wouldn't have to live with it. But you have a choice to make. You can either live from a position of victory or live from a position of victimization. But it's your choice. And I'm assuming because if you're still listening to this right now, you're choosing to walk from a position of victory. And amen to that. So I pray that this word has touched your heart, has pricked your heart, has stirred your heart to take action to come against those feelings of abandonment by taking on the word of faith and bringing down every high thought everything that's a, that tries to raise up against the knowledge of God take it down by his word by your praise and by your prayers I pray this was a blessing to you Listen, I want to thank you for giving me this, these few moments to speak to you and, and love on you and, and share myself, share what I've gone through and share just the word of God in a more tangible way. If this has been a blessing to you, please feel free to, again, email us, DM us on our Facebook page or Instagram page, and we look forward to hearing from you. In the meantime, I'm praying that you overcome these feelings of rejection or abandonment by the word of God 
and by faith in his word. And that your days, your, the rest of your days are the best of your days because the Lord is your light and your salvation. Whom shall you fear? Because God has arisen. Your enemies are scattered now. I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for your, your attention. And again, if you haven't done so, please subscribe. God bless you. Love you. Hey, thank you for listening to another little podcast. For now, we're going to offer the call of salvation. And I'm going to offer you two scriptures. The first one is Romans 10, 9. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The other one, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So now, I'm going to ask you to pray this with me in faith. And I want you to believe that everything you pray is true and God will answer. So pray this after me. Lord, I admit I am a sinner. I need and want your forgiveness. I accept your death as the penalty for my sin. I recognize that your mercy and grace is a gift you offer to me because of your great love. Not based on anything I have done. Cleanse me and make me your child. By faith, I receive you into my heart as the Son of God and as Savior and Lord of my life. From now on, help me live for you with you in control. In Jesus' precious name, Amen. Welcome to the family. Feel free to give us a shout out on our Facebook page or our Instagram page or on our uh, you can email us at alptrinity1 at gmail.com or you know however you choose to reach out to us but we want to know if you received Christ we want to make information and materials available to you if you have for your next steps and if you need a help finding a faith based Bible teaching Bible believing church home we have resources available to you. So we look forward to hearing from you. We are excited for you. Welcome to the family. We love you and God bless you. Lift off and the clock has started.